What is the difference between good and great pianist? Mrs. Sivan often asked. I don't know. What? This response seemed rhythmically necessary, like a knock-knock joke. Little bits, she chuckled. Little bit more hearing, little bit more understanding, little bit more logic and fantasy, little bit more fantasy in logic. Do you understand how little bits? But these little bits take whole lifetime. As a child, I struggled to understand these little bits, but now, after ten years of study with her, they sometimes seemed within my grasp. At other times they vanished entirely, frightened away by the more prosaic demands of memory. Perhaps, in order to secure them, I needed to focus more single-mindedly on the piano. You're very like me and gifted at everything, Mrs. Sivan said. But these years very important for repertoire and for absolute technical freedom. Very easy to say too early, too early, too early, and then suddenly too late. I was determined not to let that happen. Already I was 18. It was time to get serious. I had spent my first year at university enrolled in arts alongside music, but now I decided to drop out of arts. It's not as though you'll stop thinking, my father reassured me. I picked up a brochure for Youth Music Australia's Summer Academy, held in Melbourne, in which members of the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra would coach a select group of young chamber musicians. Although I had frequently accompanied my brother on clarinet, my chamber music experience was limited to the occasional flute trio with my friends Helen and Monica, in which our chief concern was sounding good individually. In my accompanying course, the instructor frequently spoke of chamber music as being the highest order of music but I suspected that this was a beat-up. Surely chamber music was what you settled for if you did not make it as a soloist, a semi-respectable refuge for the second rate. Of course she must apply for this course, Mrs Sivan said when I brought her the brochure. Chamber music, vital important, and altogether you must learn from everyone. It means I'll miss out on our family holiday. Your family loves you, they will understand. This must be your motto, learn from everybody, always. And this academy, great opportunity. From violinists, you can learn phrasing, string sounds, sound production, bowing, imagination and fantasy. And so, on Boxing Day, as my family packed the car for Kangaroo Island, I flew to Melbourne with a handful of Adelaide musicians, including my friends Helen and Leah. When we arrived at the university, we were assigned groups and repertoire, and I found myself in a piano quartet playing Mozart. What is the meaning of this rest? our instructor asked. Suspense, expectation. You must not break this rest until the moment it is absolutely necessary to do so. And if you trust yourselves, you will all feel that moment together. On the last night of the course, the tutors took to the stage to perform the Schumann Piano Quintet. Although they had not rehearsed, it was a piece they knew intimately, and the ease and fondness with which they played, gazing into each other's eyes, living in each other's sounds, was a revelation. The pianist stepped in and out of the spotlight, now soliloquist, now Greek chorus, now serenader of the violin, now lover of the cello. For the first time I understood the role of the piano in chamber music, its nimble dance, and I felt restless to join in. Back in Adelaide, Helen, Leah and I decided to form our own trio. It's a fantastic idea, 
Mrs. Sivan agreed. Chamber music vital important, but first have to understand what it is ensemble. Two things, vertical and horizontal. You live your own life, horizontal, yes, but altogether terribly important to live together in vertical. For example, you, mum, dad, Daniel and Sasha, very different, yes, and yet living together in vertical, one happy family. Sort of. Exactly, this is secret of polyphonism and ensemble. In our first rehearsals, held in my music room, my new trio was not yet one happy family. We read through the Mendelssohn D minor trio like three concerto soloists, each more concerned with the horizontal than the vertical. I had prepared my own part thoroughly, and when we finished the first movement, I sat back modestly, waiting for the congratulations. Instead, Helen came over to the piano and leant over my shoulder with her bow. There was a wrong note. Let me see. She tapped on a passage in my score. Here. I bristled. It's just that I have so many notes in my part compared to the strings. Oh, no offence. I just want us to play as well as we can. She returned to her seat. We began again, and I kept my eyes fixed unforgivingly on Helen's violin part until I caught her out on a faulty rhythm and stopped to point it out. Can we please not stop all the time? Leah asked. I just want to play. Alongside the Mendelssohn D minor, we worked on the Shostakovich trio. I brought my piano part to a lesson with Mrs. Sivan. Who was Shostakovich? she asked. The epitome of dignity, I remembered. Exactly, but to survive this cat and mouse game with Stalin, you think you would be very open? No. Of course not, but Shostakovich didn't lose his dignity even little, maybe lost in some ways his trust to people, but was still epitome of culture, was epitome of everything. She opened to the first page of the trio. For example, in this beginning we have three voices, but opposite of polyphonism in Bach. Bach brings full piece of contact, of surroundings, of support, of communications and of respect. This is his experience of life. But Shostakovich's experience is different. What is it to live in community, in hundreds and thousands, and be completely lonely? What is it to never ever have chance to have consonants? She played me the opening cello solo on the piano, so that it really did sound like cello harmonics, with an eerie, glassy sound, and then the violin part, con sordino. Inspired by the parallel existences of these sounds, I joined the texture with my piano entry in its growling bass, pianissimo tenuto. Exactly! This is full perspective of the sound. Of course, depends on one very small word, if. If these girls can do it. She laughed. All life depends on this one small word. They're very good. Yes, but sometimes people are very good at doing very shallow, very superficial. For example, they take shell and forget about oyster. She glanced out of the window, considering something. Bring these girls to me. At my next trio rehearsal, we continued working on the Shostakovich. At the end of the first movement, I jumped in before anyone else had a chance to speak. Our playing sounds empty, as though we were more interested in the shell than the oyster. What? asked Leah. You can be strange sometimes, Helen said. At the beginning, for example, we have three voices, but it's the opposite of polyphonism in Bach because of Shostakovich's different life experience. What is it to live in a community of thousands and be completely lonely? What is it never to have the chance of consonants? Leah yawned. Do we have to be so over-analytical? Can't we just feel it? The following week, Helen drove us to Mrs. Sivan's house, with Leah's cello strapped in the front seat beside her. I sat in the back, feeling apprehensive. "'Oh, very welcome,' Mrs. Sivan said when we arrived. "'Please, come in, make yourself comfortable.' 
I guided Helen and Leah into the music room, where they took out their stands and instruments and tuned up. We're going to play the Shostakovich trio, Helen announced. Of course, Mrs Sivan winked at me. I think I know this piece. She sat down in her revolving chair and whizzed backwards into a corner of the room. Please. As Leah began the opening harmonics, I dared not look at Mrs Sivan, but when we came to the end of the movement, I turned hopefully to her corner and was devastated by her impassive face. Everything fantastic, great, she said with a shrug. One only person you forgot to invite to this party, Shostakovich. You missed his spirit, you missed his character and his intention, you missed his logic, you missed his sense of isolation and his intellectualism. My heart pounded, and I waited for protests, but both Helen and Leah remained silent. You used motive of Shostakovich, but it's not Shostakovich. Instead, you play yourselves. She pushed off against the carpet, propelling her chair back to the side of the piano. For example, what is this beginning? She turned to Leah. You play like beautiful melody, but this opening much darker, much more lonely, really. Shostakovich has only one way to escape, and it's inside of himself. Learn not to listen to anything around, otherwise you will be getting mad. This is beginning of the trio. Leah began her cello harmonics again, wandering alone in the stratosphere, and then Helen entered, more human, more fragile. Exactly, she called out. Coming much better already. Must miss not one detail, but detail not enough. What next? Translation, I volunteered, like the teacher's pet. Exactly, and after translation, what? Interpretation. Of course, but interpretation comes after translation and not before. I want, I feel this way, is not enough. Every your wish has to be justified with full support. Remember always one thing, Bible, Bible, Bible. Who has ears, they hear. Who has eyes, to see. It's exactly music. She turned to the second movement. For example, what is this marcatissimo pesante? Extremely well marked and heavy, Helen said. Yes, but what Shostakovich mean by this? Is biting sound, yes? Altogether insisting... Helen launched into the second movement with an intensity I had not heard before, and Leah matched it in her response. As we played, Mrs Sivan sat beside me, singing and conducting, conveying the music's charge through her voice, body language and presence, until its abrupt ending when she jumped up from her chair. What, this is music, and freedom, this freedom of your fantasy, coming only with the great science and analysis, and never on expense of it, understand? Yes, Helen and Leah said in unison. You think you can be born, just be born like newborn baby, and have doctorate? They swiveled their heads towards me. No, I answered. Of course not. Must be enormous job first. At the door, as we left, she grasped Helen and Leah's hands. What must be always be in our performance? Convincing. And one person you have to convince is yourself. If you absolutely believe to it, everybody will believe to you. But other very important person you need to convince apart from yourself is the composer, because you need to know that he will be happy with you too. She kissed us each goodbye, and we loaded the instruments into Helen's car. As we drove down to the corner, I dared not say anything, awaiting the trio's verdict, but there was silence. Helen kept her eyes fixed on the road ahead. Leah stared resolutely out of her side window. It was only when we got to the traffic lights at Portrush Road that Leah spoke. There's something very special about that lady. Amazing, Helen agreed, and I felt exultant with love for both of them. At home, as we worked, I started to feel a joy in the collaboration. Something was happening between us in rehearsals, something more elevated than our non-musical conversations. 
As we played the Mendelssohn, I let go of the horizontal voice in my head and started instead to hear the vertical. It was an erasure of boundaries, a return to some larger common mind. At the reprise of the first movement, Helen brought the sound to such a place of stillness, and Leah's entry was so fragile and interior that I had to coach myself to keep going and not stop in wonder. I realised there were lessons to be learned here beyond the obvious ones of counting and ensemble and balance. We decided to organise an official debut, so we booked Elder Hall and had posters printed with our photo. I brought the poster to Mrs Sivan. It's beautiful, absolutely, looks like angels, and Seraphim Trio is excellent name. Keep this trio, it has enormous future, but quality must be guaranteed. I had known Elder Hall since childhood, but each time I stepped out, it was to a different audience and thus a different room. This time I had two companions beside me in mismatched gowns. I performed a stately bow, Helen an authoritative nod, and Leah a seductive curtsy, and we sat down with our instruments and tuned up. We smiled faintly at each other, Helen gave an introductory sniff, and we launched into the Mozart. As we moved through the program, from Mendelssohn to Shostakovich, I revelled in belonging to such an ensemble, in being vertical. As a pianist, sitting alone in my practice studio, I had lived the horizontal for too long. Now, as we played this music of loneliness and disconnection, I had found a tribe. <laughs> 